The New York City mayoral election is in chaos after the vote tally numbers jumped all over the place. They just kept changing. There was a seemingly random influx of over 100,000 votes at one point. You know, it just kind of reminded me of something. I don't know, deja vu all over again. Then the Board of Elections website took down its numbers. Then the Board of Elections admitted that they had accidentally left lots and lots of fraudulent test ballots. They left them in the, they weren't fraudulent in that they weren't cast fraudulently, but the test ballots shouldn't have been in the machine for the final tally. So they were fraudulent in that regard. They left them in there while the actual voters went to cast their votes. Then some votes were erased, and now we have no idea who exactly won. This was a pretty strange turn of events for the most secure voting machines in human history that are not in any way susceptible to fraud or malfunction or abuse. And you're, you're not even allowed to suggest that there could be modest errors. And yet, here we are. Not just New York City that's having problems with its voting machines. Maricopa County has just announced a big problem as well. But if you raise any of these sorts of questions, well, watch out. Our benevolent overlords in the liberal establishment will not look too kindly on that. Just ask Tucker Carlson. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Not Colby, who says, this is in response to the Nike ad, or not Nike, to the NFL ad. It's hard to keep these woke companies in order. The NFL ad that said the NFL is gay, the NFL is lesbian, the NFL is this, the NFL is everything. He says, if anyone can be anything whenever they want, then what's the point of being anything? Wow, man, that is a profound observation. We, we will get into that ideology a little bit later. First, though, I want to remind you how to protect yourself. Taser is the way to go. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or put in your glove box or put in your purse. They're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, which gives you time to escape and sends an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Really great stuff, especially if you don't want to necessarily always be carrying lethal force with you. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting, that emergency dispatch, really, really important. Uh, protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. One of the best things about Taser, Taser devices are available without a permit in most U.S. states. There are some places where you're not allowed to bring a lethal firearm but most places you are allowed to bring Taser. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light. And at Taser.com with promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-A-S, save 15% now. Taser.com, promo code Knowles, that is T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code Knowles. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So weird. So weird with this election because if you ever raise the possibility that even one vote was off, that one vote was cast that shouldn't have been cast, that maybe there are sometimes problems with the machines, maybe political campaigns sometimes try to gain an advantage. You could be deplatformed. You could have the federal government <laughs> investigating you because you're an insurrectionist. And it, but here it is. First of all, there's fraud in every single election. LBJ won his Senate seat and then became vice president and then president because he stole an election, right? This is many, many years ago, 1948. This happens often. The question is, are there enough 
crazy, fraudulent, fake votes in there to throw the election. Well, here's what's going on in New York. The election that we're talking about in New York is actually not the general election for mayor. It's the primary election. But the thing is, New York is a one-party town. So if you win the Democratic primary, you just win the election. They're, they had ranked choice voting. I, there are sometimes all these little reformers will always say, we need, we need to have ranked choice voting where you just, you vote for your first choice and your second choice. And then if the, there's not enough on the first and then this and then that and this and this, I'm too clever by half through this entire process into absolute chaos. So the New York Board of Elections first sent out this note. We're aware there's a discrepancy in the unofficial ranked choice voting round by round elimination report. We're working with our ranked choice voting technical staff to identify where the discrepancy occurred. We ask the public elected officials and candidates to have patience. Then they posted another statement later on, which actually had a typo in it. So they had to take that statement down. Then they put another statement up. It said the board of elections conducts rigorous and mandatory pre-qualification testing for every election. It has been determined that ballot images used for testing were not cleared from the election management system. So they, they just didn't click refresh. That's at least the excuse we're getting from the Board of Elections. They just didn't, they didn't like clear their cash. EMS produces cast vote records from ballot images. RCV software uses the CVR to produce unofficial results. When the cast vote records were extracted, it included both test and election night results, producing approximately 135,000 additional records just mixed in with all the general votes. That, they, that there was an influx of over 100,000 votes that shouldn't have been there. Never heard of that before, right? <laughs> That's never happened before. Board staff has removed all test ballot images from the system. We'll upload election night results, cross-referencing against election night reporting. Okay. The board apologizes for the error and has taken immediate measures to ensure the most accurate, up-to-date results are reported. Are we living in Saddam's Iraq? Are we living in Bashar Assad's Syria? Can we just, we just can't trust our elections anymore? Is that it? Because you'll just get random influxes of huge numbers of ballots and it's all electronic now. And so no one knows what, what's going on. That's too bad. That's, I liked having relatively secure elections. That's too bad that we have this now because nobody has any faith in the board of, board of elections. The, the two campaigns for mayor are obviously at, at their wits end here, but it's not just going on in New York. You know, there's a, an audit of the 2020 election going on in Maricopa County in Arizona. I haven't talked too much about the election audit because I don't want to talk about it until there's news. So far, they're just, they're just auditing the, the vote. They're trying to see what's going on. There were, there obviously, as you know, were irregularities in the election. I mean, in some cases, the election officials were violating their state constitutions and they used the COVID lockdowns as an excuse. Irregularities in Georgia, places like that, and in Arizona. So in Arizona, there's an audit of the election going on. The Democrat Secretary of State in Arizona, Katie Hobbs, is now saying that the, uh, the voting machines that were under audit in Maricopa County cannot be used again. This is about $6 million worth of equipment because this woman is afraid that the people who were doing the audit may have hacked the machines, may have done something nefarious to, to disrupt elections in the future. Do you see the problem with her argument? Do you see why her argument is so, so undercuts her previous argument? Because previously we were told that these machines could not be hacked. 
We were told nothing could go wrong in these machines. How dare you, you kooky, crazy conspiracy theorist, suggest that something was a little awry with some of these machines. Oh, and also we're going to throw out $6 million of equipment the minute maybe a Republican touches it. Maybe. We don't even know who's doing the audit, right? We're not saying the audit. It's not as though the audit is a bunch of rock-ribbed, Trump-supporting, MAGA-hat-wearing Republicans. There's a team that was brought in to do the audit, but because they touched the machines, now they're all going to be thrown out. Six million dollars worth of gear. If the machines can't be hacked, what's the problem? Bring them back in and let's use them again. Oh, but of course they can. I'm not, by the way, I'm not even saying that they were. I'm just saying that the arguments that were put forward after the election by people who were just raising some questions about the strangest, most irregular election in our history, where a lot of election integrity measures were dismantled on the pretense of COVID, that is outrageous <laughs> that they would now make these, these same arguments. You see this kind of sliminess at all levels of the government right now. It's not just the New York City Board of Elections. It's not just the Maricopa County or the Arizona Democrat Secretary of State, who's now undercutting her arguments from the election. You're seeing this in the NSA. Tucker Carlson made a, an allegation two nights ago. He said that the NSA was spying on him. He heard about it from a whistleblower and uh, he, they are planning to leak his communications and they want to take his show off of the air. The NSA, this is really shocking that they would do this. They actually did issue a statement on this. Now, the NSA's statement on Tucker Carlson, first of all, it's pretty strange that the NSA would even comment on this. If a, Fo if a Fox News host or any other news host for that matter makes an allegation, why would the National Security Agency feel obliged to come out and defend itself? Or maybe not defend itself, as you'll see from the missive. Is it because they, they feel a little guilty? Is it because they know that where there's smoke, there's fire? Is it because they fear what Tucker Carlson has been told? We know, for example, that the NSA has spied on virtually everybody in the sense that they're collecting huge amounts of data. And the pretext for this is they want to make sure that they monitor uh, foreign governments and pe you know, people who have business affairs with, with foreigners. So they're collecting all of this data. Tucker Carlson says, no, they're, they're specifically looking at my stuff. So here is the NSA's denial. P pay attention to the wording here. On June 28th, 2021, Tucker Carlson alleged that the National Security Agency has been, quote, monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. This allegation is untrue. Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to try to take his program off the air. Next paragraph. NSA has a foreign intelligence mission. We target foreign powers to generate insights on foreign activities that could harm the United States. With limited exceptions, for example, an emergency, NSA may not target a U.S. citizen without a court order that explicitly authorizes the targeting. Now, if you're not paying attention to words, you know, there's a great book out right now about how we need to be really precise about our language. And it, uh, it's actually on the, the charts this week. It's charted. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. The book is called Speechless Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. Thank you to those who have ordered it. If you're not paying close attention to words, you might say, okay, they're denying it, right? Not so fast. In their own denial, 
they point out that Tucker has made three allegations. The NSA is monitoring his, monitoring his communications. The NSA is planning to leak them. The NSA is doing so in an attempt to take the show off the air. Now, the, the NSA specifically says, this allegation is untrue. Which allegation? There are three allegations. If you say this allegation is untrue, then you're lumping them all together. So you're saying, no, we're not monitoring your communications and planning to leak them in order to take your show off the air. So if any, any single part or even two parts of that broad allegation could be true and the NSA could still not be lying by saying this allegation is untrue. Let's say that they are monitoring Tucker and they're planning to leak them, but it's not to take his show off the air. Well, then that allegation is not true. Let's say they're monitoring Tucker, but they don't really plan to leak them or take a show. Okay, well, then that allegation is not true. Even further, what they say is Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency. They're not saying they've never spied on him. They're not saying that they're not spying on him right now. They're saying they're not targeting him. Maybe they're targeting someone that he's speaking to. And oops, whoopsie daisy, I guess Tucker's communications are coming through as well. To me, that's, and they look at how many times they use the word target. Never been a target of the agency. They may not target a U.S. citizen without an order that authorizes the targeting. Why are they using that language? The people who are doing this, the spies, the spooks, they're actually pretty sophisticated. I don't know if you ever heard about that. And uh, people whose job it is to deceive are actually pretty good at deceiving. If they were not spying on Tucker, I bet they would say that. I bet they would actually just come out and say it. If they were not either monitoring him or planning to and or planning to leak that and or planning to take a show trying to take a show off the air i think they would say that i think they would say these allegations are untrue tucker has never been surveilled by the nsa tucker is not to me reading this it is quite clear that the nsa is in fact conducting surveillance that involves Tucker Carlson. And they may or may not be planning to leak it. And I'm sure plenty of people at the NSA want to take a show off the air because he's an actual threat to them. Jen Psaki was asked about this. This is further evidence that the NSA is obviously looking into Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Jen Psaki at the White House was asked about this and she refused to deny it. Tucker Carlson said that the NSA is spying on him. Is the administration aware of any or listening efforts on U.S. citizens by the NSA? And is Tucker Carlson one of them? Uh, well, the NSA, as I think you're well aware, I'm sure everyone's aware, uh, everyone on this plane is aware, I should say, uh, is an entity that focuses on foreign threats and individuals uh, who are try attempting to do us harm on foreign soil. So uh, that is the their uh, purview. Um, but uh, beyond that, I would point you to the intelligence community. What? What? A, oh, man, it's like if you're going to deceive people, at least be like the person at the NSA. Don't be like Jen Psaki, who doesn't even who doesn't even really try or doesn't even come close to succeeding. Hey, is the NSA spying on Tucker Carlson? Well, um, you know, the NSA is uh, it's three letter three three. It's a three letter word. Um, it stands for National Security Agency. Um, it's got employees. Um, so they, some of them have pensions. Uh, and so, okay, I feel like I've answered your question. Hmm? What? No, I didn't ask, what is the NSA? I said, is the NSA spying on Tucker Carlson? Well, um, 
You know, the NSA, and you know, what, what they're trying to deflect to is they're saying, the NSA uh, focuses on foreign threats. So mm, what's the implication? Tucker is, is colluding with the Russians <laughs> or the Ukrainians or whatever, he's, or anybody. He's, th- this is the same old story. Same stuff, different day. The reason, the, the reason that the federal government had to spy on the Trump campaign, had to spy on its political opponents, is because they were colluding with the Russians. Okay, well, where's the proof? What, what crime did they commit? They, well, um, none, none. They conducted what, a, several years long, millions and millions of dollars spent to just try to prove anything. Like, they got him right. There's got to be some connection. Trump ate borscht one time a few years ago, didn't he? No, they didn't even have that. They didn't even have that, but that's the excuse. We have to make sure he could be, he, he talked to his falafel cart driver down the street. That's, he's talking to a foreigner. Got to get him. Pretty clear. Unless the NSA and the White House can do better than this, I think the only conspiracy theory is that the NSA is not spying on Tucker Carlson. They've, they've all but admitted that. Just dodging the question. Saki, you know, she, I'm glad she's not that good at her job <laughs> because it makes the Biden agenda and the disparity between what the Biden administration wants and what the American people want, it makes it so clear. The, the American people, they don't care about uh, this bloated government spying on them and just collecting dirt on them all the time and undermining their political will and throwing open their borders and shipping their manufacturing jobs overseas and locking them down. No, 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 that's not what they, You know what they really care about? You know what middle America really cares about? Electric car charging stations and making them more readily available. People across the country and people who care deeply about addressing our climate crisis know the components of what's in this package, which the president considers a down payment, not the end, a down payment. So 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations nationwide. That's what this would help support with a focus on our highways and rural and disadvantaged communities. It would help buy more than 35,000 electric school buses. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what the rural and disadvantaged communities want is 500,000 Chevy Volt charging stations or whatever. Oh no, Tesla, I guess Tesla's, which <laughs> that's what, that's what rural disadvantaged America needs is more Tesla ports and, and more electric school buses. That's, that's what they care about, right? I don't think so. But they, they always go back to the, the environmentalism issue, the climate issue, because it's as grandiose an idea as, and you can't pin it down also, right? It's global cooling. It's global warming. I write about this in the book. It's climate change. It's climate crisis. It's climate catastrophe. It affects the whole wide world. We've got it. You've got to surrender your political power and your political rights to the UN or the WTO or the IMF or the Paris Agreement or, or whatever, because the whole world is under threat. AOC right now is proposing that we take $70 billion, billion with a B, and spend it on a civilian climate core. And so the question that we had is we have a student loan crisis, a housing crisis, a climate crisis. How on earth can we possibly overcome this? And I think one of the ways that we overcome it is by being one of the most unionized workforces and unionized generations in American history. By collecting our power as workers in the economy, we can take our futures back. And what's important about a civilian climate core is that it's an on-ramp and can function as an on-ramp to unionization and to when we plug this in with union labor. 
but it's going to require putting us to work in the externalities of climate change. It's going to require, it's the crisis. Don't you feel the crisis? Don't you feel, aren't you full of anxiety at the, the crisis of the sun monster? Don't you? And that's why we need a $70 billion civilian climate corps. What this is modeled after quite clearly is the CCC New Deal program. Right, it's, there's the CCC, Civilian Climate Corps. The CCC was a New Deal program uh, developed by Franklin Roosevelt. There were many New Deal programs. They all had a bunch of silly letters. There's the CCC, there was the WPA. Actually, at the time, there was a, a barbershop music society that called itself uh, Spebska, Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America, Spebska, as a joke on all of these New Deal programs. What happened during the New Deal was the government created a bunch of gigantic bloated programs to just employ people to do nothing, to dig holes, to just to not really do anything productive. But the New Deal, and we forget about it now because it was so long ago and the right never figured out how to overcome it. The New Deal (laughs) fundamentally reordered the country. The, the, the New Deal fundamentally changed the relationship between the citizen and the state and the federal government. And the, the right has never, never recovered from it. They fought against it until about the late 1950s, early 1960s. And then they realized it was never going to be overcome. And, and since that time, the, the right has really been on the back foot, that the left has really dominated America. And so what AOC is, she's using this preposterous issue of the sun monster. And she's saying because of the the invisible, imaginary, you can't quite see it, but it's definitely there, urgent, dire threat of of sunshine. Uh, We need to further reorder the relationship between the citizen and the state government and the federal government and bloat our, our federal government because money is power. And employment is power, and and uh, she's she's trying to she actually directly compares this to to these various other programs that have gone on since Franklin Roosevelt, and it's really smart. It's a very smart political strategy that will really put the right on the back foot if they go along with this. Really hope they don't. Hope the squishes don't go along with it. You know, someone who's not a squish, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, great man. There's a great movie about him called Created Equal. It was on Amazon, and then Amazon decided to cancel it during. Black History Month. Isn't that strange? It's a very important black jurist, or the most important jurist left on the Supreme Court. One of the one of the two gets him and Alito, basically, are the only actual conservatives left on the court. And so great movie. We didn't want it to get canceled here at the Daily Wire, so we just we just bought it. Now we're streaming it. You can go check out Created Equal at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Get 20% off your new membership with code Justice. Also, too often. Heroes do not receive the recognition they deserve. They they fade into the historical archives and and they are forgotten, which is why The Daily Wire is changing things. Our new podcast, America's Forgotten Heroes, illuminates the intense and action-packed stories of seven men who fought against all odds to make America as free as it is today. (laughs) Actually, a bit freer than it is today. We're kind of on the downswing today, but they they really did fight and, and did their job in their time. From John Paul Jones, the father of the U.S. Navy, to Frank Luke, the 21-year-old ace pilot who took down 18 German aircraft in 18 days during World War II. These brave men saved our country at some of its darkest hours and transformed the country for the future. Subscribe now to America's Forgotten Heroes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you might listen so you can catch the first episode, which drops tomorrow, Thursday, July 1st. Wow, July already tomorrow. Then one new action-packed episode drops each day through the 4th of July weekend and into next week for a total of seven episodes. 
Too many heroes never receive the recognition they deserve. Sharing their stories with you on Independence Day, the real Independence Day, is our small tribute to their heroism. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and help share these incredible stories. Thanks for listening. Thank you to the heroes that made these podcasts possible. We'll be right back. Climate change is the perfect issue for the left because it's everything and it's nothing. Getting back to the comment at the top of the show, getting back to what the NFL said, the NFL is gay, the NFL is transgender. First of all, just that you can't be both of those at the same time, right? Those are mutually exclusive concepts that have different understandings of human nature and different understandings of sex. So you can't, NFL is a lesbian, the NFL is well, you also can't be a lesbian if you're transgender. The NFL is powerful. The NFL, the NFL is everything. It's everything. It can't be everything because some things are different. Some things are opposites. So if you're, if you're two op, you can't be two opposites simultaneously. That's just good old uncle Aristotle, the law of non-contradiction. Goodness gracious. But climate change is everything. When, when the Weather is cold, it's climate change. When the weather is warm, it's climate change. When the polar ice caps are melting, it's climate change. When the polar ice caps are actually gaining ice, it's climate change. It's all climate change. And it's a crisis, by the way. The world is going to end. According to uh, Prince Charles in the UK, the world already ended about a year and a half ago. He did. He said this a few years ago. He said the world's going to end in 18 months. It's going to be too late at that point. It's too late to do anything in 18 months. Okay, but now they're still saying we need to do something. It's too late. Forget about it. It's over. Remember, AOC famously said two or three years ago, the world's going to end in 12 years. Uh Uh-oh, got about nine years left. Don't lose track. Something tells me in about nine years, they're going to say it's another, it's going to be another 10 or 10 years. Do you remember in the 70s, I actually write about this in Speechless, in the 70s, the population bomb, this was a related issue. It it still had to do with the environment, but it was in a different way than the sun monster. The population bomb was going to lead to mass starvation by the 80s, 90s. It was inevitable. It was just going to happen. You got to deal with it. That's why we need forced abortion and and forced contraception, which actually they did follow in India and China to uh, horrific, horrific crimes. And then it just just didn't happen. Now, 50 years later, the world population has doubled. We're fatter than ever before. Just didn't, didn't, doesn't matter. Still crisis, still urgent. And every single problem is climate change. You know, they did this when they were trying to pass the infrastructure bill. They said, you know, everything is infrastructure. Paid family leave, that's infrastructure. Uh, Raising the minimum wage, that's infrastructure. Uh, That delicious bag of M&Ms over there, that's that's infrastructure. We need to, you please pass me those M&Ms. So they're doing this with climate change now. The Biden energy secretary, is, is now claiming, there was that awful story of the building collapse in Florida, really, really terrible thing. The Biden energy secretary is now claiming, su- suggesting that climate change may have caused the building collapse. Given what we know about the changing climate, given that we've seen an increase in these so-called extraordinary tides and the impact that that can have in areas like South Florida, do you think that climate could have played a role in that building's collapse. Well, obviously, we don't know fully, but we do know that that the seas are rising. I mean, we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches, not just in Florida, but all around. Um, You know, Lake Michigan, where I'm from, they, you know, we've seen the loss of beaches because the the waters are rising. So, you know, this is a phenomenon that will continue, whether it, we'll have to wait to see what the analysis is for this 
building. But the issue about resiliency and making sure we adapt to this changing climate, that's going to mean levees need to be built. That means seawalls need to be built. That means infrastructure needs to be built. Oh, it's infrastructure again. Okay, we got back to infrastructure. Do you think, because there's a big ticker at the bottom, climate crisis, this is all, this is what CNN does. I mean, this is what corporate media does generally, but it's especially what CNN, that's the crisis, be on edge, vote for Democrats. Do you think that climate might have caused this building to collapse? Do you think that climate might have caused every tragedy that's happened? Well, maybe, (laughs) maybe, yeah, maybe. It's like, do you think ghosts caused it? That's basically what, do you think it was aliens? It's like that guy in the meme from the History Channel. Who built the pyramids? Uh, I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Uh, hey, how did, um, how did anything happen ever? Uh, I th- well, uh, it was aliens. Ali- the climate change is the new aliens. That's, that's the answer. Real, it's really offensive to say also, because do you know what caused the building collapse? Uh, poor maintenance of the building. And I think people are, there actually are people who are responsible for this and they should have to pay a price. And it's not just, what is climate? What is climate? Climate is everything, (laughs) right? It's all the, it's every physical thing that we've got going on around us. It's like the NFL. Climate is the NFL. Now, speaking of this awful, awful event in Florida, uh, Joe Biden was addressing reporters the other day. It's a rare occurrence when Biden addresses reporters. And he forgot to address this issue of the building collapse. He just seemed to forget what had happened. And this was a really bad thing. I haven't covered it too much on the show because it's just sad. It's just, I don't think there's too much of a political angle here. It's just like a really, really sad thing. And so Joe Biden was supposed to talk about this. He forgot to. So Kamala Harris had to remind him. I've got to get a helicopter. One more. Will you travel to Florida, sir? Can we ask you about Florida, what you've learned? And what oh, yes. Have? I apologize. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I've spoken with, coincidentally, the mayor of Miami-Dade was in my office yesterday. And I talked to her today, not about that, obviously. And so I had a long discussion with her today. I've also spoken with, we've been in contact with the congresswoman, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who has that district. This does remind me of a moment, the very very end of, of Reagan's tenure, there was a moment where he seemed to forget what he was saying or what, what he was talking about. And there, you can see it on video. Nancy kind of subtly turns to him and just says, we're doing the best we can. And then Reagan, you know, great, great orator, great performer. He says, well, we're doing the best we can. Well, I, and it, it was the moment where people started to say, gosh, is he, did he have a senior moment? Now, revisionists have gone back and said, oh yeah, Reagan was just absolutely in the throes of Alzheimer's during his whole presidency. That's preposterous. Ronald Reagan ended the Cold War during his presidency. He was extremely sharp for virtually all of his presidency. He was at that time the oldest guy ever elected president. And maybe he had a senior moment or two. No question. Joe Biden doesn't just have a senior moment or two. It's not just one moment where he kind of goes a little absent-minded. Well, we're doing the... It's, it's like every time he talks and it seems to be getting worse. And it's a lot different. Ronald Reagan is giving some impromptu remarks versus... Joe Biden at a formal press conference and the vice president needs to tell him what's going on. He's been, he's, he's got a lot of quirks lately. You've seen he's, he's also fallen into another very strange rhetorical trap where he starts to emphasize something by, by an exaggerated stage whisper. He just did this the other day talking about taxes. 
and people say, well, that's a giveaway. Hey, guys, I think it's time to give ordinary people a tax break. The wealthy are doing fine. I mean it. I mean it. Why is this not a tax break for working folks when the stuff we give to the super wealthy are called tax breaks? Okay, so that was weird. It's weird when he does it and he leans in and goes, hey. He's got his weird, creepy Biden eyes popping out of his head. We, hey, why don't I, it's called a tax break. So, but he recovered there. It, was, it sort of worked well enough. Sometimes it hasn't worked well. Just the other day, he was also speaking to reporters and he, he, he whispered a little too hard, a little too long. I wrote the bill on the environment. Why would I not be for it? Ah, ooga, ooga, ooga. <laughs> it's that that was not not quite as effective as when he was talking about the taxes. Now I point all this out: the senior moment, the weird whispering stuff, the losing his train of thought. Because I, I'm not just trying to make fun of him; it's perfectly fine to have a laugh at old Joe's expense. But it, it's because, regardless of all that, he's very effective. He is, and we just. We, we mock him or we dismiss him at our own peril. The guy is very effective. He's, he's survived in politics for 50 years. He has been at the top levels of American politics for half a century. He beat out a lot of other Democrats this go around who were much younger and more impressive than he is. He's very effective. And his, those, these senior moments and this apparent incompetence, I think, is in some ways a, a helpful distraction for the liberal establishment that acts through him because he just gives them whatever they want. He basically walked into the White House and he said, okay, State Department, here's the, here's the keys to foreign policy. Okay, liberal establishment, here are the keys to whatever, economic policy or trade. And he just, I'm going to be watching Matlock over in the corner. And that's very very effective. It's why we've now, all the gains we had made in the Middle East, gone. The gains we had made negotiating with China, gone. He's, he, Joe's a huge fan of China. Joe has famously said repeatedly that it's good for the United States for China to get bigger and stronger and richer. I don't think that's true. I think China's our number one enemy. But the liberal establishment love. That's why they let China into the World Trade Organization. That's why they refuse to blame China for the coronavirus. That's why they've helped China cover up their creation of the coronavirus and their, and their own cover up of the coronavirus. And American corporations are helping out too. As I said, this is why I don't just say the government. I don't just talk about big government. I talk about the liberal establishment because that includes the universities, the elected government, the administrative government, big tech, and lower education and woke corporations. The CEO of Nike, John Donahue, was just asked about his company's business in China. China violates trade agreements. China uh, aggresses on our assets all over the world. China started the coronavirus and then covered it up and shut down the entire world. China uses slave labor uh, to, by the way, to manufacture products that we all use. And so he was asked about this and they said, hey, don't, why don't you have any problem doing business with China? And John Donahue said during a call with the Wall Street Journal that Nike, quote, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China. All right. 
All right. At least look, he's not saying the, the NFL line and it's everything. Nike is for everything. Nike is it. No, he's saying it's of China and it's for China. Okay. I thought Nike was an American brand. I thought it was of America and for America. Or at least it's of America, but it's for the whole world. But no, no. The Nike CEO is telling us it's of China and for China. Okay. So then the next time we sanction Chinese companies, I think we should sanction Nike. I think that the next time we stop doing business with Chinese companies, next time we start slapping big tariffs on Chinese companies, I think we should slap big tariffs on Nike. Stop doing business with Nike. You want to be a Chinese company, that's fine. You should be treated like a Chinese company. I am sick and tired of Republicans carrying water for companies that hate our country. We know that Nike hates our country. Their spokesman is famous, not because he was particularly good at football, but because he famously hates our country and disrespected the symbol of our country on our playing fields and got Nike to shut down a, a running shoe that featured the American revolutionary flag on it, the Betsy Ross flag. They shut it down. Can't do that because they hate America. Okay. If you hate America, then I think maybe America should hate you. <laughs> okay. I think it's got to be kind of a two-way street. I don't think we can just get run over by these zillion dollar companies that, that milk us for our money and then undermine our country every chance we get. And in this case, explicitly say our loyalty is to America's greatest enemy on the world stage. We should, we should not just stop wearing Nike. I don't wear Nike shoes. If Nike made sockless loafers, I would consider wearing them, but I, they don't. So I don't. I'm not just saying we should boycott Nike. I'm not just saying we should stop shopping there. I'm saying we should exercise our political power to punish Nike because Nike is siding with our enemy against our country. And we have a political, I don't care what abstract, insane economic theory from the 1970s you, you are enthralled with. I think people are increasingly not so enthralled with those theories. But even if you've made a total idol out of the free market or you've made a total idol out of GDP or whatever, the company is siding with our enemies. And so I don't want to do business with them. And I don't want our country to do business with them. The American people have a right to shape our country. The country should not just be run by liberal elites. Right now, you have a small number of liberal elites, relatively small number of liberal elites, who make most of the decisions, and we don't really have very much say about it. And if we raise any problems with it, they'll probably be spying on us like they are on Tucker Carlson. And the American people of all shades, of all sexes, of all geographies, they are pushing back against this kind of thing. They're pushing back against critical race theory, right? That is now sort of the lightning rod because it is the, the, expression of these insane, vile, racial ideologies that tell Americans, tell white Americans and anyone who agrees with any conservatives <laughs> that they are vile. So black people who agree with conservatives, Hispanic people who agree, tell, tell them they are vile, vicious, racist, that this country is terrible. They're, the ideology being pushed in these schools is the ideology of Nike. You're going to make more Nikes. America's a terrible, rotten place and we got to overcome it. We got to hate ourselves and we got to suck up to China. This is the kind of stuff, you know, now they're trying to deny. They're saying the people who are pushing all of these 
various critical studies, you know, blackness studies, whiteness studies, critical race theory, all of these guys, they're, they're not really saying that whites are terrible and whiteness is evil and all whites are racist. They are. Here, here's Ibram Kendi. Ibram Kendi is the most famous one of these race hustlers probably in the country today. Here he is on CBS News calling all whites racist. I mean, as, as Robin, you know, talked about, it, 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 it is critical for, for white people, for people uh, in general, to, to stop denying their, their racist ideas, to stop denying the ways in which policies have benefited them, to stop denying their racism, and to realize that actually the heartbeat of racism itself is denial, and the sound of that heartbeat is, I'm not racist. This is the climate change of racial politics, by which I mean climate change, its, its defining quality is that it is unfalsifiable. Any phenomenon can be used and interpreted to justify climate change or to, to be attributed to climate change. Gets colder, climate change. Warmer, climate change. Stays the same, climate change. This is why it's not a very good scientific theory because you, you can't disprove it. Well, it's the same thing with this insane racial stuff. What Ibram Kendi is saying is if white people admit that they're racist, they're racist. If white people deny that they're racist, that's even further proof that they're racist. This is called begging the question. This is what happens when you assume your own conclusion. You begin with the premise, as Ibram Kendi does, that all white people are racist. Therefore, if you admit it, okay, good. Therefore, if you deny it, yep, there you go. Conclusion, all white people are racist. It's not, not a very good argument. W- one of the many reasons that sort of thing should not be taken seriously. But that is what is being taught. And I think ordinary Americans of all races are looking at this and saying, no, that's stupid and it's evil and it's destroying our country. And we don't want our kids being poisoned with these idiotic ramblings of a con artist like Ibram Kendi or Robin D'Angelo. And by the way, I say this as a civil rights icon, okay? I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if you were perusing Amazon. But right now, my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, is the number one book in civil rights and liberties. Uh, Right now, it is beating at number two and number three and number four is Ibram Kendi and Robin D'Angelo. But number one is Michael Knowles. And I'm just very pleased that Amazon is finally acknowledging my role as the preeminent civil rights leader in the country. That's good. And so I tell you, I give you permission as people who care about civil rights. Do not listen to Ibram Kendi and Robin D'Angelo. They're the number two and number three recognized civil rights leaders in the country, but I am number one. And so I'm telling you that they are idiots and they are poisoning your children and our country. (laughs) You should not. I hate to be so mean about it, but it's a a crisis. It's a real threat. And so no one should pay attention to their nonsensical ramblings. You should instead read Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. There's really ugly ugly stuff going on in the race hustling these days. I'll tell you a headline I just saw. Princeton University has just admitted the largest percentage ever of students of color by or after, I don't want to imply causation here, but they've admitted the largest percentage of students of color after they got rid of standardized tests. So (laughs) that's not 
I, if I, they, they've now admitted 68% of students who self-identify as a person of color. You wonder now, because grievance carries a currency and because there's legal discrimination in this country against whites and, and Asians on behalf of, in favor of blacks and Hispanics, you, you wonder how many of these people who are self-identifying as students of color have like one one zillionth North African DNA, and they say, "See, I'm I'm black. I'm African. I'm an African American." They're you know from they're from South Africa or something. They they look Dutch, but they say, "No, I'm African American." Elon Musk now is African American. Who knows? Uh, you wonder about that. You wonder how many of them are like the British guy who now says that he's a Korean guy. But also, if I were a student of color and I were admitted to this university after they got rid of standardized testing. I would be a little offended <laughs> because I would say, oh, they, they're telling me that I can't actually compete. They're telling me I can't actually be as smart. They're telling me I can't actually understand the same sorts of things. And so they had to, in order to get to the conclusion that they want of having more non-white students, they've got to get rid of all the standards. That's, and that's offensive. It was very offensive to Clarence Thomas, actually. That's why you should go check out that movie. Clarence Thomas goes to Yale Law School. He's one of the most brilliant jurists in the country. But he realized he had trouble getting a job after law school because everyone thought he was an affirmative action case. In the case of Clarence Thomas, he actually is this outstanding jurist. But that's the, that is the taint of, of this sort of legal discrimination, this, this racial, ugly, ugly racial politics. You're seeing a lot of standards eroding. Right now in Nevada, you're seeing a man win Miss Nevada, okay? But that's, a t- look, that Erosion of standards is a topic for another day. We've got to pause it there. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, the Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire. 2021. Proponents of critical race theory are now claiming that all they want to do is teach kids about the facts of American history. Is that really the case? We'll talk about that. Also, the NSA denies Tucker Carlson's claim that he's being spied on. A woman whose husband is active duty military uh, alerts me to a mandatory diversity hike, quote unquote, in honor of Pride Month that her husband was forced to participate in. And a new organization of Gen Z Republicans has a plan for connecting with today's youth. And the plan is terrible, as expected. All of that and more today on The Matt Wall Show.